Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here with you today talking about doing nothing. So recently we've talked about how our energy is contagious. And last time we talked about some child-centered ways that we could start to diminish and melt away our anxiety. Today, however, we are going to focus, I am going to focus squarely on you as the parent. And we're gonna focus on ways that we ourselves, independent of our children, can diminish our own anxiety since it is contagious, right? Okay, so the first thing is, I think we all commonly understand at some level that different humans have different personalities, right? Different preferences, different values, different lots of things. And I remember when I discovered the Myers-Briggs assessment in college, I was completely fascinated with it. Like, wow, uh, it was a revelation to me that, you know, different ways that I was were not uh, the same across all humans. Because, you know, we, we grow up in a body and we think it's just like breathing, right? A lot of things that are actually not, um, not the same across all humans. So, you know, that's, uh, that's fine. But I think we all have somewhat of an appreciation for that. Something else that I learned more recently in life, say a decade or so ago, that I didn't uh, appreciate up until then was that we actually don't all run at the same default pace, the same sort of level of energy, you can call it, but, the, but definitely not the same pace, the same speed. We operate, we have a different default operating speed than maybe some of the humans around us. Um, certainly different people can have different overall operating speeds. And even, even, you know, like say myself, I have different default operating speeds depending on maybe the situation, the people involved, the circumstances, but I'm not talking about those specifics. I'm talking about more of a default, like your most of the time in air quotes, your most of the time speed, your operating speed, your default speed. So just thinking about this a little bit more, there are external pieces to that speed, the physical parts, you know, how maybe loud you are, how intense you are. And then there are invisible pieces to that speed. Maybe your speed doesn't show so much on the outside, do you know someone, maybe it's you, that 
doesn't really show a lot physically on the outside, but there's a lot going on on the inside. One of my sons has that kind of a default pace or speed. It's maybe high on the inside, but it's very still on the outside. So I raise this not as a, you know, let's dive into it because that's not what we're about today, but just as a, uh, an idea that we can use to say, okay, there actually are some differences. And so if someone isn't keeping up with me, there's not necessarily something wrong with them. And if I can't keep up with someone, there's not necessarily something wrong with me either. I know, uh, and just as a little aside here, growing up, a lot of times I heard, slow down, relax. You know, when are you ever going to relax? And I kind of, I always was happy um, doing something. I didn't have the same, I, I didn't relax in the same way, I will say, as um, some of the people who were looking after me because I, I got that a lot, relax, relax. And it was only, you know, much later in life that I realized, oh, you know, actually there was nothing really wrong with me. Um, you know, whereas I, I could have taken that as there's something wrong with me. So, okay. So the main thing about your pace is I, your pace is right for you, right? Um, last time I talked about how my older son taught me the lesson that not all firstborn children are alike or have the same ways of behaving. And this time we're going towards pace. And it was my younger son who taught me actually that everyone's default pace and speed is not necessarily the same and it's the right speed for that person. So for example, I tend to move on the quick side. Historically, I, I make decisions quickly and I have. I, if I really sat down, I can count a lot of times when I've agreed to things quickly and came to regret my decision because I didn't really think through things quite so well. I didn't, I wasn't thoughtful about it and I might've missed a few details that then I was committed to. <laughs> so my younger son, as an example, he proceeds with things more deliberately. And if he's pressed for a decision before he's ready, he will decline. And then much to his credit, if he's able to agree after he has his opportunity to reflect and consider, then he will, if it's still possible, of course, then he will agree and he will do what he said he maybe that he couldn't do when he was pressed, um, pressed for time. So this was a, a revelation to me when I first learned it. His natural speed is not something that I can adopt as a, a default because it's just, it's not true for me. But what I can do is I can honor him. I can honor myself. 
And there's always something to be learned from another, right? Like, so for me, I learned from his fundamental unwillingness to be nudged and pushed into something that it's okay to take a little time. It's okay to even say no. It's kind of amazing, right? To stop and be able to reflect that that is, that's okay. So the big, a big lesson here is that people move through their decisions, their experiences and life as a whole at different speeds. And we can both, we can all, <laughs> we can all be very intentional and make the choice to honor our own natural speed. So for you, this may go against some of the messages that you received growing up or even still today. Um, like I mentioned for myself, they uh, went against some of the messages that I had. You know, maybe you got different messages from your relatives or one of your parents or your teachers. Maybe it goes against how you've been taught or how you've accepted that you need, need in air quotes, to show up. Your natural energy is perfect because it's yours. The world needs it because the world needs you. It's part of you. And those around you need it because it is authentic to you. And we all, maybe not on a conscious level, but we all can feel that when it's authentic to you and when you're in harmony with yourself, right? And then when we are in harmony with ourselves, doesn't the anxiety just drain as opposed to, oh, I've got to keep up. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. Or, you know, I, I've got to make myself, whether it's keep up and go faster or, you know, I've got to conform in some way. I've got to make myself in some way. Isn't it just nice that we can let ourselves and our own pace and our own energy shine through? That does diminish anxiety and anxiousness. Okay, so I'm not saying, I wanna be very clear, I'm not saying that if your natural speed is pretty fast or even really fast, like mine's pretty fast, I don't, I think it's really fast, but I'm, I'm not saying that you should never slow down and you should always just keep go, go, going. No, that's, I want to be very clear about that. And I'm going to explain a little bit. Have you ever had a really incredible idea come to you while you were in the shower? It probably wasn't a shower where you were trying to beat the world's record and get in and out of the shower in two and a half minutes, right? You probably weren't racing the clock. If that ever happened to you, you probably were just, you know, feeling the water, letting your mind go, and an idea 
came to you. It's kind of like you received it, right? Excellent. <laughs> the shower is one of the places, one of the last places where we can be phone free, right? No distractions unless we bring them in, you know, in our own heads, in our own minds. But that's okay. So the great news is that we can really build on this. And the latest brain science even shows us that doing nothing purposeful, not focused on a specific task, that is literally one of the times, one of the most powerful times for our brain, because there are dozens and dozens of networks in our brains that never activate while we are focused on a particular task. They can't activate while we're focused. They can only activate when we let go of that focus and we are daydreaming or reflecting. Last time, we took a few deep breaths together. And you know what I learned? The Navy SEALs are even taught to do this. They're taught to do this when other things don't seem to be calming them from their fear. They're taught to do this when they are in really tough situations that deep breathing, and they even hold it for a count or two at the top of the breath, and then letting it out slowly. It's a great technique. Some other things that we can do, whether it's closing our eyes for a moment, if we have more than 30 seconds, we can do a little meditation. We could even take a nap, and do you know that Thomas Edison is famous for, he, he let people know whenever he really hit um, like a standstill and he was really confused or frustrated in his lab, he would go take a nap and he would come back and he would always have a fresh perspective. He might not, you know, solve it immediately, but he would always have a fresh perspective and sometimes he did have a fresh perspective that helped him to solve exactly what he was kind of beating his head against the wall about before he took that nap. Now, it may not be realistic for all of us to take a nap when we hit a wall and, and that's okay. Um, and I'm not suggesting that these things like closing our eyes, doing deep breathing, meditating, I'm not suggesting that we use these to beat ourselves up more and put them on our list as something to just check off. I'm not suggesting that at all. Rather, what I am suggesting is that we take a very small step because we do have these powerful networks that won't activate unless we unfocus, we defocus. So what is the smallest step that you could take in the next 24 hours. Just a step toward self-reflection. I have a few ideas. If you go for runs or walks in the morning, 
and you take your phone or you're listening to music or a podcast or even if you typically you know call a specific friend or relative while you're walking maybe for five minutes or ten minutes of your walk you can do it without the audio whatever your flavor of audio is and maybe at some point you can leave the phone at home but just to be with nature with your own thoughts for a certain amount of time if you maybe you don't go for walks but maybe you drive regularly and you have to drive to work or to pick up the kids or drop the kids off somewhere anywhere and sometimes you're waiting or even if you're waiting online at the grocery store instead of reflexively getting out your phone or turning on the radio if you're driving whatever that is whatever that visual or audio is maybe just sit for five minutes maybe two minutes and do some deep breathing. Sit with your own thoughts. What's the first thing you do in the morning? The most, the co most common two things that I hear are check my email and empty the dishwasher. <laughs> Some flavor of theirs, right? Whether it's check Facebook, check my email, whatever, on the phone or something like put a load of laundry in, fold the laundry, empty the dishwasher, some kind of chore related thing. Well, maybe you could light a candle or make yourself your hot tea or coffee and take five or 10 minutes to do something that sounds so fun and decadent to you. Sit quietly, sit on the front porch, uh, meditate, get out your journal, just be with yourself. Maybe take a walk if you don't do that normally. So just choose something that feels really, really good. I like the whole idea of, uh, of lighting a candle or diffusing essential oils and make it, you know, really special for yourself. But time to be with yourself only, your thoughts, to think about ourselves and to think about others is incredibly nurturing for ourselves, for our brains. It's very, very powerful. It brings us back to ourselves, to our hearts. And when we stay with it and when we let it, it diminishes our anxiousness and it even opens the door for us to experience our own presence. When we do these things, we help ourselves to show up better moment to moment and everybody agrees that serves everyone in our lives including and especially our children. I was a very fast doer and achiever from way back. Very intense achiever. If I can do this, 
and I can take steps along this journey. You can too. I know you can. Let me know how I can support you. Until next time, bye for now. So glad you took the time to listen today. As always, I welcome your questions and feedback. Please send them to me at support at relationalparents.org.